The gospel of Jesus Christ, the centerpiece of the Christian faith, can be easily and straightforwardly laid out in a rather simple and understandable way. All have sinned. All have broken God's rules. And the punishment for that sin is death, eternal separation from God in a burning hell. But God has given the gift of eternal life to mankind through His own Son, Jesus, who suffered and died on the cross. And by believing on and trusting in Jesus, our sin can be forgiven and the gift of everlasting life can be ours to have. The gospel of Jesus Christ is clear, comprehensive, and reasonable. It is heart-compelling, showing us our need, revealing the consequences of our sin, and then presenting us with the cure. Jesus of Nazareth, the miracle worker from Galilee, one who died long ago on a Roman cross just outside the city of Jerusalem. It is the sweet story of God's redeeming love for fallen man. But when thinking of these truths, it doesn't take long for one to come to a very perplexing question. What about those that have never heard? This world has over 7.5 billion people spread across seven massive continents. Even though Christians have been carrying the good news of Jesus throughout the world for nearly 2,000 years, there are still people groups in deep jungles and high deserts and far-reaching environments that have yet to even hear the name of Jesus. For centuries, generations have come and gone. They have lived and died, never hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And according to the Holy Scriptures, upon their death, they enter a hopeless eternity of pain and suffering. The question is, is that fair? The Bible says that all men have the testimony of the created world and the heart of conscience to expose them to the living God. They can look up into the starry heavens and know there is a God. They can probe the depths of their own heart and know that one day they'll stand before God but yet they are without that name, that name that is above all other names, the name without which no man can be saved, the name of Jesus. The question is really this, is God big enough to bring the name of Jesus to the heart of a man that has responded in thirst to the witness of creation and conscience, even when he lives in the secluded isolation of a South American rainforest? The answer to this question is a resounding yes. I'm Ronnie Brown, and this is Forgotten. The Muinani are an indigenous tribal people that live in the little village of La Sabana in Amazonas, in the southernmost state of Colombia. During the late 1800s and the beginning of the 20th century, the Muinani were mercilessly exploited during the Amazon rubber boom. For the civilized world to enjoy raincoats, automobile tires, and rubber balls, these people, who were completely isolated from the civilized world, were enslaved, tortured, and subjected to near genocide. The inhumanity that took place incited author Richard Collier 
to write a book entitled The River That God Forgot. By 1964, the Muinani were as isolated as ever, driven deeper into the jungles in retreat from the rubber hunters. They were extremely suspicious of anyone from the outside world. The Muinani were led by a capable chief who sought to protect his people from the ravages that they suffered in years gone by. This chief had a son in his mid-twenties by the name of Andreas. In 1964, Andreas was living about three days' journey from his home village of La Sabana near the Caquita River. He had become indebted to a local rubber baron for a small transistor radio. Day after day, he would get up very early in the morning and make his way around to hundreds of rubber trees on the vast hundred-acre section of jungle. Making small incisions in the bark, he would then place a leaf directly under the incision to catch the latex that would drip out of the tree's bark throughout the mid-morning. By noon, he went back to each tree, carefully taking the contents of each leaf and pouring the tiny droplets into a bucket. By the afternoon, he would process the rubber into flat sheets, bundle them together, and set them out for the owner to pick up. This was his work day after day after day. It was hard, slow, and monotonous work. Such work all but forces one to drift deep into personal contemplation. The young man intensely contemplated the question that haunts the heart of every person. Andreas later wrote, quote, It was at a time when I was looking for answers, for meaning in life. I wanted to know where we came from, why we were alive, and where we go after we die. I have lived for almost 20 years learning the old stories and legends of my father and grandfather. I had looked inside and outside my culture and had found no answers to my longing for truth, end quote. To break the repetition of his work and thoughts, he took out the transistor radio for which he was working so far from home and began to carefully turn its dial, listening for the reception of the invisible signals that floated through the jungle air from places he had never seen. All of a sudden, a strong, clear signal came over the speaker. It was of a man speaking words that he understood, but the almost cryptic message was confusing and startling. The man on the radio quoted the book of God, saying, quote, The sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Quote. The menacing handful of sentences overshadowed whatever was to follow by the voice on the radio. For the next several hours, he wondered what was being described. What was God saying? Can he truly do what he said? Darken the sun? Darken the moon? Cause the stars to fall from the heavens? None of the gods of his father had ever suggested such power. As he thought on these things, evening turned into night, and that is when it happened. Just as the book of God had said from the man on the radio, the moon did not give its light. He found himself in a jungle of complete darkness. 
You see, that very night, in complete happenstance, the jungles of South America were thrown into darkness by a lunar eclipse. The event was forever imprinted on the mind of Andreas. With great fear and awe, he was convinced that the message was true from the voice on the radio. He said, quote, I did not understand much of what the man said, but I knew that the book he read contained truth, and I had to find that book. I had to find that truth, end quote. Not long after, Andreas arrived back at his home near the Kakita River. As soon as he arrived, he received an urgent message that his grandfather back home in the village of La Sabana was dying. Immediately, Andreas gathered his things and set out on a three days walk to his hometown, hoping that it was not too late to see his grandfather one last time. Six months earlier, despite the shock and confusion of all their family and friends, Jim and Jan Walton, along with their two-year-old son Danny and their three-year-old daughter Diana, left the cold Minnesota winter in the comfort of America to follow the call of God into the jungles of Columbia. They spent the following months trying to adjust to a brand new day-to-day existence, along with a difficult three-month Spanish crash course and an intense time of prayer to know where God wanted them to go. Finally, God seemed to direct them to the tribe of the Muinani people in the small village of La Sabana. On July 3, 1963, Jim Walton and fellow missionary Stan Shayer set out for a Catholic mission in Loma Linda where Muinani children were brought to learn the Spanish language. After about a 175-mile seaplane ride, into the jungles of the Amazon rainforest, Jim and Stan arrived at La Melinda. The Catholic priests and nuns were gracious to their guests, feeding them and offering them a place to rest for the night. As Jim and Stan discussed with them where they were going in hopes of finding a guide to La Sabana, they discovered that the chief of the Muinani people, Chief Fernando, had arrived at the mission just a few days earlier to escort some of the Muinani children back to the village of La Sabana. With a proper introduction and some exchange pleasantries, the Muinani chief agreed to guide them back to his village. After a two-day arduous hike through the hills of the rainforest, they arrived at La Sabana, where the two missionaries collapsed in exhaustion into the hammocks of a guest hut. The next morning, Jim was awakened by the sound of songbirds. He walked out of the hut with a New Testament in his hand to get in some morning devotion. A few of the children spotted him and asked him if he would read the book to them in English. Jim began to read 1 John chapter 4 in English. The little children cackled with laughter at the sound of the strange language. Jim tried to explain some of the words to them in Spanish, but could tell right away that he could barely be understood. Without a doubt, Jim would have to learn the Muinani language. Standing nearby was a young man in his 20s staring intently at Jim. He was obviously interested in what Jim was reading, but at the same time uncertain 
being sure to keep his distance. In Spanish, the young man asked, What book is that? Jim replied, It is the Bible. What is it about? The young man said, It is God's Word, and this book is one of the reasons I want to come and live here. I want to learn your language and someday translate this book for your people. The young man just continued to gaze at Jim, seemingly wanting to ask more questions, yet holding his peace. Then, he abruptly turned and walked away. This young man was Chief Fernando's son, Andreas, who had arrived breathlessly at the village just the day before to be at the bedside of his dying grandfather. Andreas later said, quote, When I saw you reading that book, I knew it was the book, the book from the radio, the book that had the truth. And when you said it was God's word and you wanted to put it in my language, I determined to help you, end quote. It was not long after, while trying to help Jim Walton translate the Book of Truth for the Muinani people, that the truth broke into the heart of Andreas, who came to personal faith in Jesus Christ. And for the next 18 years, Andreas did assist Jim Walton in translating a first draft of the entire New Testament, a summary of the Old Testament scriptures into the Muinani language and help introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ to a secluded tribe in the Amazon jungle. It's also interesting to note that three years earlier, in August of 1961, the Lord spoke to the heart of a man by the name of Dr. Paul Freed. He was then the president of the Transworld Radio, and he had a vision of communicating the gospel through radio to Central and South American countries. This vision led him to Puerto Rico in February of 1962 in hopes of opening a sub-power station to send the message of Jesus Christ to millions of people in the jungles of Central and South America. Construction on the transmitter and station began in September of 1963 on the little Caribbean island of Bonaire. And by August of 1964, Spanish-speaking Christian programming was in full swing. The radio message that Andreas heard in June or July of 1964 must have been one of the first test broadcasts of this Transworld Radio project from the station at Bonaire. Can God reach into the darkest jungle with the light of the gospel? Can God carry his message into a place that it has never been? Can God relocate a person so as to place them in line with a head-on collision with his truth? Can God bring to a blinded heart the only name that can bring sight? Can God order the events of time and space delaying some things and expediting others to orchestrate the unthinkable? Can God take unrelated lives and tune them together into a harmony of His praise and exaltation? Can God really do all this? 
Jeremiah 32:27 gives God's response. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Forgotten is written and produced by me, Ronnie Brown. You can find out more about this show at ForgottenPodcast.com. I'm also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ForgottenPodcast. Forgotten is also available on various podcasting apps, such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Downcast. Be sure to stop into iTunes and leave a review. And as always... Thanks for listening.